So say hi to Minnesota for me. For sure. Well, I'll give it a big kiss. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota, a conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Jody Gruen, and we do this for fun. Today, I'm looking into the eyes of a modern day explorer who not only likes a good challenge, he takes them to the next level. This record-breaking polar adventurer does more than inspire. He is training the next generation of polar explorers and expedition guides and removing barriers to participation. Everyone should have the chance to follow their cold, icy, and big dreams of summiting Everest or reaching the North or South Pole. I'm so happy to introduce this good human, Eric Larson. Welcome to We Do This For Fun. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. So the name of this podcast is called We Do This For Fun, and we purposely named it this because it could be with an exclamation point, a period, or a question mark. When you think of the things you do for fun, what's your punctuation that you put after it? Uh, oh, man. I You know, punctuation, that's an interesting question. I'm a big fan of punctuation, I will say. <laughs> But maybe like an ellipse, dot, 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 like, uh, it, oh. <laughs> you know, like it's maybe fun after a little bit of uh, reflection and, um, you know, after you're kind of done with the whatever it is. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that um, I'm always on the path of just the most lighthearted and, and um, kind of easy thing. I, I like kind of difficult challenges and those on the surface don't necessarily seem like fun. And, and while you're in it, they don't, they aren't very fun. Quite honestly, it's a lot of effort and hard work, but it is a choice that I've made and I enjoy do doing what I do. And so I guess in that sense, it's fun. Yeah. So I think that's type, like there's types of fun, like type one, type two, type three. So you're like a type two person then like, you can reflect back and then it is fun. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's for me, it's more than just fun as well. Like I, I like to have fun, but I also like to learn and grow and um, gain new perspectives. And sometimes it's just hard to do that sitting in the same comfortable space that you've always been. And so I think, you know, fun for me is a relative turn term. I enjoy having fun. I enjoy being happy. I definitely don't like taking myself very seriously. Um, but I think more importantly, it's it's really about how can I, um, you know, use curiosity or my curiosity to learn more about the world around me, the environment, other people, other places. Um, and so that's kind of what really my driving force is. Okay. So why don't we talk about that? Why don't you tell us what you're doing out in the world and some of the things that you've accomplished? Well, I don't totally really know what I'm doing, but I'm kind of <laughs> making it up along the way as well. I have an expedition model that's just let's go out there and see what happens. Um, but I, I'm involved in a lot of projects and initiatives. And um, on a personal level, I'm just kind of recovering from a pretty brutal uh, cancer diagnosis and treatment. So I'm picking up 
started to pick up where I left off a few years ago. But, um, you know, my life on any given day is kind of focused on a few different areas. Uh, one is kind of planning big expeditions. Another is doing a lot of guiding um, as well. But really, mostly now, I'm really focused on you know, how can I use my knowledge and expertise rather than just do this, but, you know, to myself, but really how can I lift other people up and, and kind of, uh, pass along my knowledge, which I think has a lot of value, not just in the narrow world, which I live, but also in a, in a greater aspect, a lot of the skills and kind of insights from big expeditions have a lot of value in our society today. Um, in terms of self-reliance and um, uh, just working together as well and solving hard problems and dealing with uncertainty, living with risk, being out in nature, like all these things are are valuable to who we are as human beings and, and how we operate in society. And I want to be able to pass those along to other people. And so right now, my big initiative is a BIPOC scholarship um, to one of my polar training courses in northern Minnesota. Wow. Okay. Tell us more about this, this scholarship, because this sounds cool. Yeah, it's an initiative I've been working on for many years um, through COVID and through, um, you know, being sick and whatnot. But there's a, um, a historical figure from the annals of polar exploration named Matthew Henson, and he's been a personal hero of mine um, and was kind of like the ultimate badass explorer back in the day in the early 1900s and he could do anything he could do it all i mean he could speak inuit he could solve any problem he could build things he you know he basically carried the white dude on his back to the north pole pretty much um so he's always been an inspiration and and kind of thinking about my role in the outdoor world and sharing my knowledge i wanted to try to pass that along to you know, a demographic that traditionally isn't represented in winter pursuits. I mean, growing up in the Midwest, uh, winter sports are pretty white, you know, and it's not just because of all the snow and ice. It's just the representation isn't there. And so trying to use my platform to help others in whatever capacity, and, and this seemed like a meaningful way to be able to connect with people and, like I said, pass along my knowledge. So basically my goal was to remove all the barriers for participation so no no travel costs no equipment costs no food costs um just to get people to northern minnesota lake of the woods to experience this type of travel this technique and then have them be able to use that in either their adventure lives or their or their real world lives or or anything in between so the goal doesn't have to be that they're going to do like climb everest or no, no, they're go definitely not. I mean, I think, you know, quite honestly, anybody who's interested in wilderness travel of any sort of any season, this course has a lot of um, valuable skills that are very transferable. And, you know, from from kind of the hard skills of how we dress, how we set up the tent, how we pack food. But there's also a bigger philosophical aspect to wilderness travel, which is kind of this idea of thoughtfulness and, and traveling with the environment versus against it, against it, 
um, kind of on a, on a more practical side, the systems that we use to be efficient in this environment really relate to a lot of other areas of, of kind of outdoor adventure, um, as well as just solving any sort of big problem you start to see when you do these hard things. Um, that a lot of the skills that you use to, you know, achieve a hard outdoor objective are a lot um, that you have to deal with in your normal life. When I got sick with cancer, I really drew upon my expedition experience a lot um, in those situations to deal with that uncertainty, to deal with the kind of pain and and the feelings of overwhelmingness, uh, the futility of it all. And so, I do think this course really relates to a lot of aspects of, as I said, outdoor and outdoor adventure travel, whatever, as well as life. But ultimately, my goal is to have people be able to use these skills and pass them along in whatever capacity. Oh, that's nice. So how um, how many days is the Polar Academy? And what is, you know, like, what does a typical day look like? Yeah, it's I, I love this course. I've been I've been teaching kind of iterations of this thing for about 15 years. My background is in education as well and outdoor education. Um, and it's a great setup. It's an eight day course. And I, you know, we fly everybody into Bemidji, we meet there and then we then we transfer up to a cabin on the edge of the Lake of the Woods and War Road. And, um, and then we kind of have a slow rollout. And you know, I, what I don't want to do is really just throw people into the lions right away because it's very intimidating. I mean, nobody likes to be cold. Um, and there are some, you know, safety concerns as well. Um, and so what we do is we base out of a cabin on, on the edge of the lake of the woods. And, and for the first three and a half days, we kind of just start out slow and we do introduce a skill and then we practice it and then we introduce a skill and then we practice it how to set up the tents how to dress how to ski and pull a sled how to use the stove how to pack food how to pack the sled and so each kind of part of the day is broken up into these little kind of like seminars and practicals and so we just start taking these slow little steps of learning separately all the skills that we need to be safe when we're traveling out on the ice and then after that we do kind of a little short overnight just right there with a with a little bit of a safety co safety cord back to the cabin and then we go out on a on a four day kind of mini expedition on Lake of the Woods and and Lake of the Woods is an amazing area to do this because um it's actually a similar environment to the north pole as every minnesotan will tell you <laughs> but it, but it's also very similar to antarctica as well it's it's a very windswept large area it's right on the edge of the prairie and so similar to antarctica we have these big you know really brutal winds it's a hard windswept lake surface which is also similar to the polar regions and again the goal isn't necessarily to get these people to go to the north or south pole but um, it's to be in these conditions that are similar. And so um, it's a great course. And, and for me, it's a very labor intensive course because I have to spend a lot of time going over these skills. But as time goes on, it actually gets easier for me because I get to see these people kind of learn, grow and expand their knowledge to a point where they're competent winter expedition travelers. And by the end of the trip, I'm just kind of hanging out in the back and everybody's skiing along um you know and no matter what the conditions are fairly comfortable and obviously very safe and so i i as i said earlier i really love how this course 
kind of plays out. And I love the confidence that it builds over time and competence as well. Yeah. So what about general experience in order to, you know, be qualified to even apply? Do you need to have, you know, like really amazing gear? Do you need to know how to ski? Do you need to know how to light a fire? Like, what yeah. about that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, you don't need any gear because all the gear is provided. Got that, uh, all right. So that's a that's a huge thing and, and oftentimes a barrier for entry for oh. a lot of people. Um, after that, it's just a, a basic level of, physical ability um, and fitness. It's not like you don't need to be able to run a marathon. We are outside for about six or seven hours a day in the cold. So you need to be able to hike that long, but we're not setting any world records. The goal is really more about learning and refining the techniques versus, um, you know, going as fast as we possibly can. Um, So it's really more about that willingness to be in a remote wilderness situation and learn these two techniques there's no question that it can be intimidating and overwhelming and and um and um cold but uh you know everybody goes through the same thing um and and that's why we kind of have it laid out the way that it is yeah what about ages uh, no real age limit with the exception okay. of just being 21. Okay. Um, I wanted to put that limit on there. I've had younger people take my course previously, but for the scholarship, we just thought it would be a little better to set it at 21. But, you know, I've had the whole wide age range of folks that come and, you know, our goal and a lot of, and a lot of the trips that I do, our goal is to travel as a group. Um, and so, Part of what our emphasis is, is really like, how can we work as individuals to get this group functioning as a whole? And so, you know, not everybody comes into anything at the same physical ability level or mental for that matter. Um, And so as we're traveling, we're just kind of using everybody's strengths to kind of come up with the best way to be able to travel in that environment. And so whether that's switching out gear or slowing on the pace or whatever, but ultimately, you know, that's our goal. And, and quite honestly, it's also a safety precaution. You know, we need to be in close proximity, um, as we're traveling as well. Okay. And you also have a committee of people that you're working with on this initiative. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. I've been, um, you know, I'm such a huge fan of adventure and I love helping other people out in whatever capacity. And so, over the years, I've just reached out to different people and be like, I love what you're doing. What can I do to help? Um, you know, I've been doing expeditions for over 20 years now. And there's more that goes into it than just being out in the environment. There's the gear, there's the fundraising, there's the training, there's, you know, the communication about it. So I have a lot of knowledge built up. Some, probably not perfect, but it's it's a it's a good catalog of information that I've managed to to work on over the years. And so and I've also just tried to, you know, uh, help people out in other capacities. I had a few folks just come on my training over the years too, just to give them the opportunity to to be exposed because I'm try- I've been trying to get people interested in this for a long time. And so, you know, one of those people is Emily Ford, who's a, a Minnesotan and and I can't remember when we started talking, but I'm just a fan of her and she's 
I, I think similar to me in the sense that she just loves winter um, and she loves being outside in winter and, and she lives in Duluth now and has hiked the Ice Age Trail in winter and traversed the Boundary Waters. And she's also a dog musher. And I, I started out in northern Minnesota as a dog musher as well. So we have that in common. And, you know, part of the goal of the Polar Academy and the BIPOC scholarship was really to have people who looked like the people that were coming be leading the trip, um, you know, and ultimately my goal is to be totally in the background of all this and maybe just be an outfitter or not even that. Um, and so being able to have, you know, people like Emily Ford involved, Eric Cedeno, who's, um, they call him the bicycle nomad. He does a lot of bike packing. He came on my polar, polar training last year. Um, another woman, Danica Carey, who's an outdoor industry, a former client of mine, Rowan Freeman, who, um, He's originally from Jamaica, but has climbed the seven summits and skied to the North Pole with me. Just have these people be take a more active role in selecting who they feel is the best to participate, as well as Emily, Eric, and Danica be out on the ice with me. Rowan, I wanted him to come, but he he's a busy guy. He owns this engineering firm and whatever. And so it'll be great. And, you know, I've been doing this stuff for so long, I kind of have a way to do it. And so I look at it this way. And so it's really nice for me to see kind of how other people see what I'm doing or how they explain themselves being out in that environment. And, and, you know, as people of color, they look at those things in a much different way than I do. So, um, and it's, and it's great because I've also learned a lot personally and formed some really great friendships as well. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. We love Emily Ford on this podcast. She was actually one of our when, when our first season, we chatted with her and we've been, my co-host at the time went up very specifically to see Emily working up in Duluth and got um, a potted plant from her, I understand. Oh, nice. Yeah. She's she, a little... She worked she, at the Glensheen Mansion or something. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 yeah, she does. I'm a little intimidated by her, but that's oh all right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've Doesn't been watching her Instagram for the last year and it, it's yeah. just one thing after another. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so basically, you you apply for the so you apply for the scholarship. Is this an online application? Yeah, and it's, what is it's the deadline for this. Yeah, so we're a little tight on the timing, but that's all right. Um, you know, my goal right now is simply to just get more people aware of the scholarship and applying. And so I've been reaching out to as many people as I can. Um, but the scholarship is on my website. It's it's ericlarsonexplorer.com slash scholarship. I can send you the link. And, um, and it's an online application. There's information about the timeline and, and whatnot. And the application is pretty simple. Um, and then it's just hit submit. And then the deadline is December 1st, and we'll hopefully have all the applicants um, identify or the, the the participants identified by the a week later december 8th wow. so we're on and and the reason being is because there there are uh you know um a few things of just kind of coordinating with everybody booking you know i need to book flights but we also need to have some calls and just talk about what the trip is like over all the gear and um and so there's just a lot to do and and getting everybody ready and but it's exciting as well and and um you know there's not a a better way to get things done than to have a, a deadline as well so yeah i think this is such a great i mean this is an amazing idea for a million reasons 
But the fact that there doesn't seem to be, you know, we always focus on summer here and we don't do a lot of winter training with anybody for that matter. So it ha- it takes a really interested person to actually go out and pursue this stuff. And then without having cash for gear, the know-how, you know, know somebody that knows how to do this. I mean, there's obstacles for everyone, but I just, this is just incredible that you're willing to, you know, share your wisdom, get all, gather all these people with all their wisdom, and then make this available to people that um, may have even more obstacles than, than, than some of us. Yeah. I, like a lot of other people growing up in the Midwest, we didn't really think about diversity or equity or any of these things and it's not because we weren't open to those ideas or um wanted to be um you know exposed to it It just it just wasn't part of the makeup of the people who were around us and so i like many a lot of a lot of other people as time went on realized that you know like not everybody's dealt the same hand and sometimes you need to do a little more and you know i'm just a white guy figuring it all out Mm -hmm. and trying to do my best and you know in as thoughtful and a positive way as i can and i you know and then additionally, I'm also a Midwesterner. Why, why do I love winter? Um, you know, out of all the Americans that have ever gone to the North Pole, 98% of them are from Minnesota or have lived in Minnesota. No. So, yes. Yeah. 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 There's like two, like, you know, out of all, all the old full expeditions, there's like my partner from 2014 was from Georgia. But that's it. I mean, basically everybody's lived in Minnesota. Uh, Will Steger, Ann Bancroft, Paul Shirky, John ah. Houston, Tyler Fish, Lonnie Dupree, myself. I, uh, I mean, it's just the Midwest has winter and that's what people yeah. know. So if you think about how much winter there is in the Midwest, there it's a lot and it's and it is intimidating. Um, it doesn't necessarily require all the best gear, but it does help. Um, but there are a lot of great winter opportunities for adventure, both big and small, you know, and I think Emily Ford is a good example. Hiking on the Ice Age Trail in the winter. That's just a cool adventure. It doesn't yeah. have to be a whole thing. It can be just an overnight. The Boundary Waters, that is my favorite place in the entire world. Um, and I've spent so much time there in winter. Nobody's there. It's beautiful. You can go anywhere. Um, the North Shore uh central minnesota southern minnesota i mean it's like minnesota has a lot of winter and you know it's easy to be like oh it's too difficult and challenging but i don't like being cold either i like being the perfect temperature no matter what the conditions are and and that's really a big goal of of what um kind of the technical side of the training course is all about um so what are some additional steps you, you so you're doing your part I mean you're taking steps to really bring an experience to people um from diverse backgrounds that may have not had access what are some additional steps that could be taken you know by you know other organizations or individuals or what are what other good examples are you seeing out there do you I have mean, I'm no expert, that's for sure. Like I am the probably the least qualified to comment on that um, just because of who I am and where I live. But I'm just taking 
the first couple steps down this path and trying, like I said, to learn about what I can do and, and, and how I can, um, you know, do more things. I mean, I will say one of the things that I've personally done, and this is, I don't necessarily, this isn't for everybody, but I've just reached out to a lot of people and I've had a lot of amazing individual conversations just in terms of getting people aware of this. But, you know, there are a lot of books that are out there, um, you know, doing some of these DEI trainings as well. But again, I, I'm, I'm probably not the best person to comment because I don't have as broad of a scale and scope of, of what, what is all going on. But, you know, through um, my kind of prior efforts of trying to get people interested in Matthew Henson and, and his story and, and this, I've just found that there are so many networks and organizations out there that are doing a lot, but, you know, with anything, there's always more to be done. And so I think, you know, whatever it is, it's taking that first step and learning a little more and then, and then hopefully taking another one after that. Yeah. I just did a, a training through race conscious dialogues through um, an organization that I work for. And I would highly recommend if anyone is interested in this topic, it's really great for kind of helping you solutionize ways that you can be um, an ally and advocate helpful being. Um, And then another person that I want to mention, since we're talking about people, um, have you heard of Devin Brown? Maybe. So she's here and she's going to be doing the, she's going to be the first woman on record. And she says on record because women of color have been doing the paddling the Mississippi for. Oh yeah. 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 I I, I have heard of her. Yes. So Devin, um, she, her plan is to, to, to do that, that, um, that paddle. That's so cool. Next year. So yeah, yeah, she's another one that I just so admire. Yeah. I think I follow her on Instagram and I just, um, well, I, you know, I grew up going to the Boundary Waters. I lived on the edge of the Boundary Waters for, you know, 13 years or whatever. I love being in, I was a whitewater guide out here in Colorado in canoes. And so I just love traveling on the water. Um, despite my current career choice overall. And so I've, have been following that because I think it's just such a cool adventure and there's been more than, uh, one iconic, um, explorer that is, that has gone down, the uh, uh, Mississippi river, Will Steger, for example, built like a raft and did, um, Tom Sawyer style, yeah. the whole Mississippi river when he was like in middle high school or something, yeah, but, but yeah, this, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm very excited to follow along. As I said, I'm just a huge fan of adventure and I love seeing people just kind of go off and do these cool trips because you know it's value valuable for other people to see it and it's also valuable for them because i think there's so much to be learned as an individual and a human being when you're outside and when you're challenged in in new ways yeah so with a scholarship there seems like there's a lot that has to happen with this so how are you going to make this happen well, I've been pretty lucky. I got connected with uh, an outdoor company called Jack Wolfskin, and they really came on board as the main supporter uh, to be able to really cover everyone's costs for this, as well as outfit them in some pretty incredible gear. So it's a, it's been a great process working with them. I feel very lucky to have this partnership and to be able to expose other people to, to the company, the people who work there and, and this awesome gear is really a privilege. 
Okay. So before we wrap up, I would love for you to share again the scholarship, um, the name of the scholarship, where people can find it, and the deadline. And we're going to get this out into the world as soon as possible. Yeah, the name of the the scholarship, it's the Polar Academy, and it's the 2024 BIPOC Polar Scholarship, honoring Matthew Henson, who's a larger-than-life African-American polar explorer from the annals of polar exploration. You can apply at ericlarsonexplorer.com slash scholarship. Um, you can always message me on Instagram. My Instagram's elexplorer, and I can send you the information as well. Um, the deadline is December 1st. And if you want to apply, please apply. If you know somebody that wants to apply, please apply. Uh, the more eyeballs on this, the better it is. So thank you very much. Yeah. Well, Eric, thanks for um, thanks for making this available. Thanks for reaching out to We Do This For Fun, too, because this is exactly the kind of things that we want to be putting out into the world. So thanks for this. And uh, don't forget to have fun out there, Eric. <laughs> Sounds good. While you're doing that with the ellipsis. Dot, <laughs> yeah, dot, that's dot. right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. Yep. Cool. We Do This For Fun is brought to you by Boreal, a catalyst for wellness transformation inspired by the beauty of the North. Boreal helps people find and align with nature to power individual health and wellness. Wellness coaching, plant-based and outdoor cooking classes, camping wellness retreats, and more. Learn more at Boreal.com. That's B-O-R-E-A-L-L-E.com. It would mean so much to us if you would follow and subscribe to the We Do This For Fun show page on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's easy. Just hit the plus sign or click on follow. many of you read reviews for outdoor gear to help make purchases for your outdoor adventures. The more reviews, the more likely you are to purchase or take a brand seriously. It's like that with podcasts too. We'd love for you to give us a five-star review. And after you've done that, just share a quick comment about what you like about We Do This For Fun. Please share our episodes. Help us make an impact because everyone deserves to have fun out there.